0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Right. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the 100th episode of the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and right alongside here to celebrate with me is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller. And we're excited to be here. Welcome, Cindy. Good
0: morning, Ted. Happy 100th birthday.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Now, that's not to say say that we're 100 years old, but the show is. Uh, 100th birthday today, that's for sure. Uh, We're very excited, and uh, although sometimes getting up in the morning, I feel like I'm 100, but no, I'm only kidding. Uh, We've got a very great show, very interesting show for you this morning. Uh, Coming up here in just a few moments is going to be this past week's winner. Uh, Liv Cheng from the uh, Symmetra Tour, she's the winner of the Gateway Classic, she'll be joining us here shortly, and uh, a little bit later in the show, uh, Suzanne Knoblet, uh an LPGA teaching and club professional, she's uh, been in the business since, uh, well, well early in the, the years, and she was actually a um, player as well on the Symmetra Tour, which at that time I believe was called the Sunshine Tour. Uh, back then in the day and uh, she's got lots of great accolades we'll talk a little bit about that and talk about uh, her approach to the game as well but in the meantime while we're waiting for Liv to come on board um, Cindy uh, a great milestone for us 100th episode today Um, very very excited about that we've managed to uh, uh, keep our wits about us uh, and uh, bring some great golf instruction and some great uh other uh fellow professionals and even some great players along the way um to to celebrate along with us. So um congratulations to you as, as well as myself for uh for sticking it out for a hundred episodes.
0: Absolutely. I I'm shocked <laughs> when you said that. I yeah. was like,
1: really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it it's hard to believe but um yeah, a hundred and it uh you know, it, it really in, in retrospect I know a lot of people say, well, it doesn't really go that fast. It actually seems like it went faster than it did. I mean, when you think of 100, you think, wow, that's a big number. But in the grand scheme of things, uh, 100 really isn't that much anymore, but it is in, in some respects. But uh, we're very excited to, to be celebrating that, and we're glad that you could join us this morning. And just to remind everybody um, how to keep tuning in, go to blogtalkradio.com and uh, just type in the search key, type women of golf. And that will take you to the uh, page there in Blog Talk Radio's uh, network. And you can listen to the, the live broadcast from 9 to 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, uh, anytime uh, on Tuesday mornings. And uh, for those of you who can't join us, just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or type women of golf, whichever. And uh, that will take you to the same page. And you can just scroll down a little bit on the page and find the on demand section. And that has all of the previously aired shows, all uh, 100. Uh, Previously aired shows uh, in their entirety uh, on the recorded side of things. And so if you can't listen to it live, not to worry. And had some great guests. In fact, you know, I was thinking back, Cindy, our very first guest on the Women of Golf show was a true legend, and that was Kathy Whitworth. Very first show, Out of the Gate. What a way to start.
0: Yes, right? She's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we're going to have to get her back on the show here. We'll have to reach out and get her to come on again. It's been a little, uh, long time, obviously um three years now actually but um i know she's doing lots of great things very busy gal but what a great way to start the program to have uh, her on board uh, very very excited to to have uh, other greats as well uh carol mann rosie jones uh you know just so many other great uh, professionals and entrepreneurs and even a few authors along the way and some business types uh here in the golf business as well so a lot good mix And, of course, uh, we had to start out the the first season. uh, We featured your Own Your Game uh, series, um, and uh, that was obviously very interesting as well. Uh, I believe it was a 12-part series, so lots of good uh, niblets in there, if you will. So uh, if you didn't get a chance to to get that first time around – in fact, I think we did it uh, the next year as well a little bit – um, go back into the archive or on the on-demand section. Go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash womenofgolf and scroll down to the early, early episodes and you can catch that uh, in your entirety. And then also, uh, for those of you that want to reach out to Senior or I, uh, if you're interested in either being a guest on the show or maybe you just have some comments uh, or, or uh, some interesting topics you'd like for us to feature on the show, uh, you can reach out to either one of us. My email is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. Uh, or you can reach out to Cindy in, at her email, and hers is Cindy at com. But we're glad that you could join us this morning, and we'd love to hear from you as well. You can call in any time at uh, area code 347-945-5855 during the live broadcast Tuesdays from 9 to 10 Eastern. We hope to hear from you. Um, lots of great stuff, and Cindy, we'll get to your um, Learn to Hit It kit in a little bit, but I see that Liv uh, is on the line with us, so let's bring her out. She was the winner of this past weekend's uh, Symmetra Tour's Gateway Classic, uh, that was held out in Mesa, Arizona at the Longbow uh, Golf Club. So let's bring her on, Cindy, and welcome her to the show uh, here this morning on our 100th episode. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Liv. Thank you for, for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf.
2: Thank you for having me. How are you?
1: We're, we're doing very well, and congratulations on your, uh, your recent win uh, of the uh, Gateway Classic. Uh, your first win, as I understand it, correct?
2: Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, my first one on the Symmetra tour. Um, it's been pretty unreal.
1: Very, very excited. I'm sure you're still uh, still in celebration mode.
2: Yeah, um, sorry, hopefully the reception still works. I'm in the country right now for the next tournament up in Northern California.
0: Oh, so you're really early. You want to kill us right now. <laughs> uh, um, Sorry, let's about just that. say the, the sun isn't up quite yet.
1: Well, you'll get to well, watch, watch a beautiful. You, uh, if I was right.
2: with
0: you, I'd buy you a cup of coffee if you drink coffee. Yeah, thank you.
1: Well, you'll get to, Liv, you'll get to, to watch a beautiful sunrise as you talk with Cindy and I for the next little bit uh, on this, uh, this morning show. Now, I, I detect a, just a slight little accent in, in your voice, and I understand you're from Auckland, New Zealand, correct?
2: Yes, I grew up in Auckland, New Zealand, and then I came over to um, play college golf at Teppidine University, and I've been... After I graduated I turned pro and uh been here ever since really. So this will be my third year playing on the Symmetra Tour.
0: So definitely what, uh, you're seeing improvement. Eye. Sorry?
1: I don't know if she heard that.
0: I said you're Go ahead, Cindy. You're you're definite. you're definitely seeing improvement with your first win. Tell us what it's been like for the past three years.
2: Yeah, it's been great. Um, the last two years have been a huge learning curve. Um, I've actually just recently started working um, with a new coach and just changed a couple of things in my pre-shot routine, and it seems to be working, obviously, and I'm just really excited for the rest of the season.
0: Can you tell us what you're working on and who your new coach is? Um, my new coach, uh,
2: she's the uh, Coach for mental training, um, Sarah Carruthers, and um, she's based in New Zealand. And just changing, um, kind of focusing on what I want to do as far as um, like how I feel on the golf course and, you know, no swing thoughts. I think a big part of um, my pre shot routine being on the golf course is just focusing on one shot at a time and not thinking about swing thoughts and just. Um, being present in the moment.
3: So tell us more
0: about how you plan a shot. So give us an example of where, I guess what I'm saying is, where were you tested in the past week to really prove that you could stick to the present moment and produce a shot instead of thinking about swing and outcomes and winning or losing or choking or don't hit it there or here. I think our listeners would love to hear how you had to battle. I, I'm assuming you had to battle or you've been practicing it so much yeah. that it was easy, but give no, us I've, the inside scoop.
2: So um, I've only just started working with her for a couple of weeks. And I think the biggest, um, I think that uh, the, that last couple of holes on my last round, I really battled it out because Um, obviously I'm just starting out and I'm still struggling a little bit with not thinking about swing thoughts and I think I um, was thinking a little bit about swing thoughts because I got a little bit out of position with my driver (coughs) in in like the desert golf, so I was in the desert and on the 17th hole I um, made a great pass save holding like a 17-footer and my putter was the one that got the job done as far as um, just really trusting and staying in the moment and, you know, I've picked my line and my speed and to just trust it and the putts rolled in. And also the playoff holes, again, I was, you know, still really working on not thinking about swing thoughts and just trusting my swing. Um, but I still got out of position with my driver, but then I scrambled and I think... My putter was the one that really worked this week as far as trusting it and staying in the moment and just trusting the line and the speed. And obviously, in golf, the putter is the best the score with, I think. And at the end of the day, well, end of that week, um, I came out on top because I putted well.
1: Yeah, but you had to get there. Very as good. Well. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, Liv, let me ask you, um, just sort of on that same note, you know, a lot of amateur players, and I'm, I'm sure you've had plenty of uh, opportunities to play with some, some amateurs along the way, um, obviously have a different approach to the game. They don't understand that some of the mental challenges that are, uh, a tour player faces. Um, what are some of the common mistakes mentally that you see uh, a lot of amateurs do um, what where's what sort of the trap that they fall into more often than not and then also the some of the physical issues that you see with a lot of players what are some things that that from the physical part of their game that you would like to see more amateurs work on in order to improve
3: um
2: i feel like um i've been doing a lot of amateur stuff until up until this year i guess as far as Um, thinking about the outcome and thinking about my score on the golf course which um, can be detrimental when you're trying to play your best Um, so I think just focusing on the shot that's right in front of you and what you want to do with that shot and just visualize what you want to do and just trusting it Um, mentally I think the biggest hurdle is to let go and just trust in yourself and Because you you know how to hit a club. You know how to hit a ball and putt the ball. You just need to execute it. Um, Yeah, I think just thinking about score is pretty detrimental. And I think I've learned a lot as far as worrying about the outcome and just focusing on the present moment I think is the best way to go.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. I think a lot of amateurs, you're right, I think they're, they're thinking too far ahead. They're thinking two or three holes down the road. Well, I, I've got that difficult hole coming up, and they're worrying about that, and they haven't even finished the hole that they're on. So they're not really playing in the moment. And uh, as you said, that, that can be detrimental to the playing. What about the physical parts of the game? I mean, you see amateurs out there on the, on the practice tee. They're just you know, beating balls to death out there, but they're not really practicing with any sort of purpose. What advice would you give them Um, to maybe change their practice routine a little bit better to make it more effective?
2: I think um, what really helped me is to go through my pre-shot routine on the driving range. So taking your time and picking out a target, you know, on the driving range and kind of not just hacking away at balls, but like picking a target and going through your pre-shot routine and, you know, behind the ball, visualizing what you want to hit and, you know, take your time to really, like, basically you want to emulate what you want to do on the golf course, on the driving range. So as much as you can make it like a real scenario and put pressure on yourself practicing, I think that will help you on the golf course when you're actually playing.
1: Right, well said. Um, Cindy, go ahead.
0: Tell us, because, again, I think you've hit the nail on the head. None of us can control what we shoot or the mm-hmm. outcome of the tournament. <clears throat> yeah. So I believe it's absolutely imperative that we all focus on only what we're doing at the present moment and not adding up our score or judging ourselves. Oh, wow, you're really playing well. Or Oh, boy, you better, you know, get back in the saddle here. I think – If you can share with us, you you were a four-time Western Conference Player of the Year, or Mm -hmm. uh, first time, yeah, first team. So tell us what you've learned since maybe your freshman year of college to this point, and is it hitting the ball better? Because I teach an awful lot of kids who aspire to be you, Is it hitting Mm -hmm. the ball better or is it managing yourself better?
2: I think managing myself would probably weigh a bit more in importance um, as far as playing better. Obviously, you need a good foundation of hitting the ball well, Um, but once you get to professional level, like everyone can hit the ball well and you just need to figure out what works for you and... Um, how to get yourself around the golf course um and just recently, as far as working with uh, my new coach um this might sound really easy and simple, but it's helped a lot um focusing on my breathing as far as you know staying in the present moment. it might sound too simple to be the answer, but it's really helped as far as um staying in the moment is just a focus on. My breathing and um, staying in the moment.
1: Well, I think no, that it makes a lot. Of... It's so
0: important because it's a personal awareness. Yeah. I mean, needless to say, do you know? Are you real competitive? Are you quiet? Are you shy? Are you outgoing? Introverted? Extroverted?
2: Um, I'm quite introverted, but I am pretty competitive.
0: Okay. Hmm. Are you a That's perfectionist? Sorry? Oh, um, I right. can be, yes. Are all your clubs in order in your bag?
2: Um, at the end of the day. Like, I, I'm i pretty <laughs> easygoing. Like, caddies can do whatever, <clears> but at <throat> the end of the day, it's got to be in order.
0: If you mm. we were walking onto a driving range that... um all spots were filled except one in the middle next to Christina Kim or one way way on the end, which spot would you take?
2: I'd take the one in the middle. It's would awesome. you? Yeah, I mean,
0: she does her own
2: thing. <laughs> I need to do my own thing too.
0: <laughs> okay, so you wouldn't sit there and talk. You'd just focus on your own thing. But why would you take the one in the middle?
2: I mean, if she wants to talk, I'd, I'd talk to her, um, but otherwise, I'd probably do my own thing.: <laughs> Okay. <laughs>
1: I like that answer. Cool. Um, That's good. Liv, let me yeah, let me ask you, Liv, a, a question I, I see here from from some of the notes that we have um, that uh, growing up, you played some junior golf with, uh, against the world number one, uh, Lydia Coe. Uh, obviously, you play your own game as does she, but is there anything that, you know, when you sort of flip back in, in the mental Rolodex that you re- recall from playing against her that you learned um, that has maybe helped you today?
2: Uh, just her work ethic. Lydia is amazing. And, you know, playing junior golf, she was always, you know, in contention, and it was great to see. And it's great to see her now you know, on top of the world as far as moving up from New Zealand. Um, it was just really good to watch her, even in junior golf, like she basically like a robot, like she could hit it the same place every time. And I think it was just a work ethic from a very, very young age. And um, yeah, that's what I aspire to do.
1: <laughs> what um, What are some of the differences in 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 style of play, do you think between the two of you? Obviously, you mentioned some with her, but w- how are you different from her? What what differences in your style of play uh, compared to hers?
2: Um, I don't know Lydia's game that well, so I honestly just try to focus on what I'm trying to do, and I don't really try to compare like her style of game or my style of the game, and um.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what works for me. Would would you say you're more um, a more aggressive player or a more conservative player? Do you tend to um, protect your lead, or are you somebody that that's going to go for it more often than not? What what that, that's what I'm getting at. Oh,
2: um, I guess, um. I'm not too sure. I think it's just I, I can decide on the golf course. You know what's the best play, as far as course management goes. Um, I like to try and be on the aggressive side and just leave everything on the golf course and, um, yeah, not have any regrets after I walk off the course, kind of thing.
1: Right, like right. You don't no want to regret. look back and yeah that. Yeah, that's some great advice for the listeners. Um, Liv, obviously, you're you you know you're well on your way to a, a very promising career, and you've got win number one in the Symmetra Tour now uh, after really a very short time. You've only been on three years, which uh, I know you probably would have liked to have won a little earlier. Um, but as you said, mm-hmm. it's a learning experience as you go along. Um, what are you going to take away from this win that's going to help you propel to the next win? What, what, what information are you going to draw on or experience? Are you going to draw? obviously, I know you want to leave it on the golf course, as you just said, but I think you always draw certain experiences from uh, a positive experience to help propel you to the next uh, level. So what do you think you're going to draw from this win? That's going to help you uh, for your future games.
2: Uh, I think obviously it has given me a lot of confidence as far as, um, you know, making it over the line and getting that win on the Symmetra Tour. So it's done great things in my confidence, and obviously the last couple of holes on that little final round, I still struggled with my driver, so I think I'll focus on, you know, getting the ball in play and putting myself in a good position because putter is obviously working really well, so I think moving forward is to get myself... Um, put myself in more chances of birdie chances and just giving myself a look at birdie and, you know, just trusting my putter. I think that'd be great.
1: Well, it's uh, some, some great advice for sure. And I think that a lot of, um, you know, I think a lot of amateur players, uh, um, you know, worry too much about the driver and don't focus on the short game, particularly their putting. And uh, mm-hmm. more often than not, might hit a, a de- might hit a decent drive, but then when they get to the green, they don't know what to do because they haven't really been focusing on that area of the game. What I don't know if there's a percentage or or how you would sort of divvy it up, but how much time do you focus on on putting and your short game as opposed to uh, the rest of your game? Uh,
3: I
2: probably do putting and chipping around the greens like. But the time To get a feel for the greens
1: and the greens, I'd um, the get used to it. Well, we got a little bit got a little bit choppy on that one. I don't know if you can repeat that or not, but I think the the reception that you had there was a little bit off. Can you repeat uh, that again for us, please? Sorry.
2: Um, I said I practice okay. about 75% short game. And I like okay. to uh, spend a lot of time around the greens early on in the week because we play on so many different types of golf courses and different types of grass and grain, and it's good to get a feel for the green that week, um, you know, walking around the greens.
1: Right. Um, now, where are you off to this week? You said, I think you said, Northern California is uh, is where you're playing this week. Is that correct? What's What's yeah. coming up?
2: we're playing at Windsor Golf Club, just outside of San Francisco, in Wine Country. Oh,
1: okay. Oh wow! <laughs> so a little pre-celebration, in other words.
2: <laughs> yes. It's lovely out here.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful up there. I've been there a few times. Um, well, Liv, we want to thank you for, I know it's early, so we're going to let you go so you can uh, can get ready to, to begin your day, but we want to thank you on behalf of Cindy Miller and I uh, for joining us this morning and, and sharing a little bit of information with our our, um, uh, our audience, and we appreciate uh, you doing so, so early in the morning, so thank you, and congratulations again on winning uh, this year's Gateway Classic on the Symmetra Tour.
2: Thank you, it was my pleasure, thank you for having me.
1: Have a All great right. day, good luck. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Um, great young lady. You know, I, I don't know if you noticed this or not, Cindy, with a lot of the players, but very similar focus. Um, they're they're very uh, obviously. You know, everybody has their own individual style, and and as she pointed out, Lydia Lydia Ko is is um, you know a real workhorse and very um, very regimented in her play, but. Um, but they're all very focused um, they have specific goals specific tasks that they they want to accomplish um, obviously their long term goals they want to win the tournaments but um, you know you can really get a sense that they want to focus in on key areas of their game and I like that her answer you know when she mentioned the fact that she leaves you know whatever happened on the golf course um, that's extremely important isn't it
0: Yeah, it really is. I mean, they're so mature, I guess, because they've really played golf on purpose for quite a while. I mean, it's different Mm -hmm. now than it was when I played. But I like the fact that she said she wants no regrets. So she's probably paying attention to her choices and making sure she's totally committed to the task at hand of what she wants to produce, which is great. Right. So they... She's not really emotional, which is super. And I, she just taught me a lesson, you know. Practice your short game seventy-five percent of the time. Well, there you go, you know. And that's yeah. That's why her putting saved her because that's what she's working on.
1: Well, if you if you truthfully look, Cindy, and, and I know you know this because you get an opportunity to watch so many great uh, young and 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 older players um, throughout their career play um, through your own um you know access to the golf course and that but um you know if you look at the the really true stars in golf that's a very common thread um you will see them spend more time working around the green in their short game than you will see them out there with their driver and i think what i was trying to allude to i guess earlier in in my questions was you know what a lot of the amateurs tend to do is the opposite. They spend more time on the tee uh, or on the driving range, you know, trying to perfect the the perfect golf shot and spend very little time. In fact, I would be lucky if they spent 25% of their time around the green, and I think that's pretty accurate for uh, a lot of amateurs. Would you agree with that?
0: I do agree with that.
1: And it doesn't matter, you know, Cindy, how many times you you try to drill it home to them – that they need to sort of flip the script a little bit, I think it just, you know, a lot of people just, it's not as much fun for them, I I guess. And, um, you know, one thing I I wanted to ask her, but, you know, obviously we had to let her go, is um, what she does in a, you know, everybody has these days, Cindy, I know you've had these days, where you just kid up and it's like, I, I just don't know if I can do it today. Um, so I'm going to ask you that question. What did you do on days when you got up and you're ready to play uh, in a tournament and the wind literally was not in your sails that day? What did you do to motivate yourself for that day?
0: Well, it's kind of like days that you don't feel like working, you know, you you got to get up and do what you got to do. And you got to be change your mindset and just say, you know, I need to be grateful that I have the opportunity. There's people laying in the Mm -hmm. hospital, getting ready to die, you know, so, Stop whining and do something about it. So right. I, I, you right. know, it's that, like I, every once in a while you have a little pity party and you say, okay, stop. You need to be grateful. So that's kind of what I do.
1: Yeah, well said. Um, well, now would be a – well, we're waiting for Suzanne. now would be a great time um, to help the golfers out there in a different way. Um, by talking a little bit about your Learn to Hit It kit. So why don't you uh, share that with the, with the folks a little bit about the kit and then how they can get their hot little hands on one.
0: I created the Learn to Hit It kit to teach people to hit the golf ball clean, airborne, and straight on purpose. The best thing about the kit is that you can basically watch the 10-module online course in your backyard on your iPad while you're swinging the club and hitting foam balls off the plastic or the portable mat that comes with the kit. So included in the Learn to Hit a Kit is a portable practice mat, nine foam golf balls, basically, my Golf 101 book, a coupon for 10% off any Callaway club that you choose, and this ten-module online course, and it's all for ninety-nine ninety-nine. So, if you're interested in buying the Learn to Hit It kit, go to learntohititkit.com.
1: Very good. And uh, as I've said many times, Cindy, um, it's a great offer. And, and as you pointed out, it's really um, for the cost of of of, of a lesson. And uh, the great thing is you can you can use it over and over again. There's um, like you said, there's a 10 module um, component to it, as well as the, the practicing component with the with the foam balls and the mat and and uh, the discount on on any Callaway golf club. But it, it's it's something that you can use and use again, and you can take with you if you're traveling. Um, it's something that you can use uh, even in your hotel room if you want. Uh, you can watch. Um, some of the video, or you can even do some practicing in your, your hotel room without having worry about uh, doing any damage. So it's a great thing. Go to learn to hit it and get yours today. Um, Cindy, you our, our very special you know guest is yeah. oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go One ahead.
0: more thing. I just have to say, even if you're a golfer who's played a lot, the simple solutions in the online course, if you're hitting the ball left, maybe the face isn't square. I mean, it's very, very quick and easy. Components and lessons to teach you how to hit it better. So, with that, welcome to our guest. Introduce her for us.
1: (laughs) I will. All right, our very special guest this morning is Suzanne Noblett. She's an LPJ Teaching and Club Professional Class A member since uh, 2003, and she's also been a two time LPJ Midwest Section uh, Teacher of the Year and a uh, nominee as a two time LPJ National Teacher of the Year as well, uh, considered to be a top. Instructor in the U.S. Uh, from Golf uh, Range Magazine. And uh, she also is the recipient of the LPGA Midwest Section uh, Jerry Reed Spirit Award. Uh, she's a member of the Proponent Group and a certified and also a member of the certified uh, golf coaches. She's played for uh, a number of years as well. She played, uh, I believe, on the Sunshine Tour uh, earlier on uh, in her career before she uh, jumped into the teaching side of things and uh just got some great great accolades uh to to uh, her her credit and i think we uh, we need to get her on the show so uh, let's welcome our very special guest this morning
3: good morning good morning Cindy and Ted how are you guys
0: we're doing great yeah
3: well i want to we're... apologize a little bit for my voice it's a little cracky i've been uh dealing with uh wonderful
1: weather here in indiana so yeah well we'll but, uh, uh we'll we'll overlook go ahead, that suzanne we understand we've 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 been that down that road ourselves many a times uh on the show so not a big deal um Let's start off a little bit. Um, we, we just spoke with uh, our first guest, Liv Cheng. She just won the Symmetra Tour's uh, Gateway Classic here just this past weekend. And obviously, this was her first win. Now, you've obviously had some opportunity to play uh, competitive golf. When you sort of flip back in your mind uh, during your more competitive days, what was the main focus? Obviously, you wanted to win the tournaments, but what was the focus when you went out there? And when you got off the course, um, much like she talks about, she tries to leave whatever happened on the golf course on the golf course and not take it with her. What was your uh, process when you were playing competitively?
3: Uh, Yes. Uh, When you're, when you're playing in a competitive uh, format, you know, it, it needs to be all about you and you have to focus on the job at hand. If you want to say Uh, it's, one shot at a time, one hole at a time. You're not playing against the field, per se. I found it always worked better for me if I was playing against the course and not any particular uh, competitor. And when I was able to stay focused and do that, then the results were good. Um, And your previous guest is absolutely right. Uh, you want to leave any bad shots uh, there at the golf course. You don't want to take them with you going into, you know, the following uh, round the next day. It's over. Right. It's done. You can't do anything about it except to leave it back there, and then start the next day as a fresh new day, fresh new start. So.
1: Yeah, and, and that's not always easy to do. Even for the professionals, they they struggle with that from time to time. Uh, but certainly they have a much better handle on it, I think, than many of our amateurs do. Um, Cindy, I know you've got some, some questions. Why don't you uh, start us off here?
0: I really like your recipe. Can you tell us about your recipe? I, I love the fact that you say don't let anyone else put some extra ingredients in your recipe. Can you explain <laughs> what you mean by that? Yes, I, I'm, I'm, I need to steal that and I will give you credit.
3: Okay. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Um, well, your recipe is is something that I've developed where, you know, if someone comes to my lesson tea, it's Basically, my restaurant, if you want to look at it that way. And we're going to serve cake that day. Um, the ingredients that we offer at the, to make the recipe, it's we're going to keep it simple. We're going to offer one or two ingredients that day for the client to focus on. And the last thing I want them to feel like is that they're getting served a dump cake. And uh, for those (laughs) bakers out there, yeah, for those bakers out there, a dump cake is where you take everything all at once, all the ingredients, you throw it in the bowl, you mix it up, you throw it in the oven, and you know what? The cake may taste absolutely delicious, but you may only be able to tell one or two things that are in it. You may taste a little chocolate. You may taste a little coconut. But you have no idea how many eggs I put in there or sticks of butter or how much milk I I put in the recipe. So when you leave the restaurant, my restaurant, I want you to be able to go and duplicate the recipe or at least know what's in the recipe so you know how to practice it. And the more comfortable you are with that, the more you're able to practice it, you can do that without looking at the recipe card. It starts to become more natural for you. And that way, the more natural it gets, the more likely you are to duplicate it when you hit the course or for the bake off yeah <laughs> but um <laughs> if we if we approach it that way it's just so much um more simple and so much more enjoyable and i've i've found that to be a very effective way to relate to my clients you know cuz everybody loves cake you know, so. right yeah
1: well and, oh, and, and, and also <laughs> and and to add to that you're making me hungry now Suzanne but um, <laughs> but we'll 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 deal with that after the show one of the things that that Cindy and I'm sure you obviously have caught this as well that that's very in- unique and interesting about your approach um, you know, you talk about, uh, as you reference the dump cake, where a lot of people just sort of throw everything in sort of a mishmash, and and it still may come out tasting good, but they really don't know, uh, you really don't know what's in it because there's just so much. And a lot of people practice that way. They don't focus on certain key elements uh, of their game, as we were talking with Liv earlier, you know, maybe uh, focusing on their short game more and and things like that, and, and not just getting up on the range and, and whacking ball after ball. And a lot of Amateur players fall into that trap, so I like your approach in trying to give them, you know, maybe one or two key ingredients, as you put it, um, to really focus on um, to help them to be become repeatable in those areas, so that when they go, uh, you know, to their next round or, or their next practice session, they've got something tangible to, to really focus on. And, I, and I'm assuming that's the, the gist of what you're trying to do here. Correct?
3: Yes. And back to Cindy's question about. You know, don't let anyone add any additional ingredients. You know, how many times have, because I know it's happened to me, you know, you're out there practicing and and someone comes up and they're very well-meaning and they're like, oh, well, let me help you here, you know, and they start mm. throwing out their own ingredients that work for them but are completely different than what your professional has asked you to work on, and so, with those additional ingredients being added to your recipe, the recipe doesn't turn out as well, and everything becomes confusing and then we end up with burnt cake, so,
1: yeah, yeah, right. All right. And, and obviously, you you you, you emphasize the, the the fact of making it fun, um, and, and this goes to what we were talking with Liv as well earlier, um, and, and and Cindy and I were just talking about before you came on about how, you know, there's some days you know you just get out there and you know you know you've got to practice uh, to improve but you just don't have the momentum or the steam, if you will. What are some things that you try to to do with your students to, to help make it fun? Um, you talk about maybe uh, some pra- different practice games. What do you do particularly? Is there anything specific that you do to try to make it more interesting for them so they're not getting bored with sort of a routine?
3: Right. Um, you know, Practice games are the best way to do it to get you to stay out there um, and to put yourself into a – real-life situations so that when you do go to the course, it's like, wow, I've already been here. I've been in that mindset. Um, Various practice games. uh, One I like for putting is what I call touchdown, uh, where you go and you set up two tees right about a foot from the edge of the fringe, and then you space out oh, let's say three balls, let's go three, six, and nine feet, and we're trying to get a touchdown by getting the ball to go through the goal post, the two T's, without going off onto the French. And if we can do that, then you achieve your point value. So someone may look at that and go, well, you know, what's, What's that helping me with? Well, what that's helping you with is it's helping you with distance and speed control and touch, which is so important in putting that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's just one example. And another example could be, let's say your bunker game needs some serious work. You know, and you could set up a circle. Um, around your target, around the flag. If you get it in that flag, that's worth so many points. If you just get it on the green, which should be the first objective anyway, just getting it out of the bunker, give yourself a point. Get it onto the green, give yourself another two or three points. Get it within that 12-foot circle around your target well, that's worth 10 points, and if you hold it, that's worth 20. You know, anything can be made into a game, and if a person is having fun, once they learn their basic skill, once they get comfortable with their recipe, and they're starting to, you know, see uh, more consistent results, to get them to continue that forward movement of feeling even better about it, you know, uh, owning it, if you will, to where they're not having to think about it all the time. I can't think of a better way than to make a practice game out of it. You know, those are just a couple of examples, but it's endless of what someone can do. It's, it's all imagination. And if you can do that and practice that way, you'll have fun. You'll want to do it more. And that leads to lower scores and a lot more enjoyment on the golf
1: course. Right. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, Cindy, I like the the idea that that Suzanne has incorporated here and and, and sort of equating it to to a recipe. Um, There's a lot of great opportunities here that that I can see, um, you know, with with some of the amateurs out there particularly. And, you know, I I like the fact, Suzanne, that you've, you know, that you you put it in sort of a test kitchen, if you will, um, to get them to... Uh, you know, work on some of the fundamentals and some of the different areas that need to work to. um, And then once they've sort of got that recipe down, as you say, um, then they're ready to head to that super bake-off. And, Cindy, I I like that because, you know, it's a simple way of of helping people to understand the the core principles of of really what they need to work on um, and, and not sort of jumping ahead of the game. Everybody wants to get out there and play, 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 which is good. But at the same time, there's certain steps that need to be taken first. Focus on key things and then, you know, take that out and, and work on that in the golf course. That's correct. Well,
0: you just can't – I like the analogy of the dump cake. You know, I, I think we really need to help people learn to focus and know what their ingredients are so that, you know, their cake turns out the way they want it. And so so many people um, – you know, they—the committee of they—is always trying to give you advice, and it's like, you know, what? This is my kitchen. I, I need you to stop,
3: because yeah. then your mind
0: just gets cluttered. You know, gets cluttered, and you don't know what you're doing. Um, so to me, it's so important that each student knows what ingredients they need with your help and guidance, so that their cake turns out the way they want it.
3: Right. Right, and. If we can keep them simple, and you know, we as professionals all realize that there are multiple learning styles. You know, some people need a lot of detail, some people don't. Um, I don't know about you, Cindy, but and Ted, but I've found that Mm. in my experience, if I can keep it as simple as possible, the results are better. And then if somebody needs additional detail, you know, I can bring it, you know. But if we start off with simple and just keep it that way, because there's so much information out there in print, online, and everyone is, you know, trying to absorb all that. And, well, the recipe ends up not being so great because to get all those thoughts in in there like like we've been talking about and just Mm -hmm. keep it simple too many cooks spoil the broth you know as the analogy goes Um, and everyone's recipe will be maybe a little different according to you know range of motion or you know Arthritis, maybe, or or something else. And us as professionals, it's our responsibility to be able to help them navigate through there and find the best ingredients for them. Um, the me- to what I always try to do with people when I work with them is I want to find for you how can we have the biggest impact with the least amount of effort? And once we start doing that, then we just polish, polish, polish. And if we have that approach, um, well, for me anyway, that approach has, has worked very well for my clients. And the recipe is just, an
1: example of that absolutely well and and, yeah and that's a fun way in itself Suzanne to to be able to put you know what you want to relay to your students in a a fun and interesting way and I like how you sort of end things here um, when you talk about actually baking the cake tell us a little bit about that when you now they're ready to go and play tell them a a little bit of of what you want them to uh, be be mindful of when they're when they're uh, ready to bake that cake
3: Right. Um, Baking the cake happens uh, even during practice. I mean, we're, we're going through, we're working on the recipe, helping them be consistent in, let's say, their approach to the ball, okay? And I share with them, treat the area around the ball as the oven. Once you get into the oven and you aim it, go, bake your cake, because the longer you stay there over the ball, the worse it's going to get, the cake's going to burn, because now we're overthinking it, and we get in our own way. So once you get up there, bake your cake, let it go, (laughs) everything's done, go. (laughs) And... You know, the the first time I used that analogy, I I got a kind of a funny look. But then they're like, you know what? You're absolutely right. That's well, that's, that's, why, that's why we're the laughing. the think about it.
0: You are <laughs> absolutely right. You <laughs> don't open right.
3: the oven. Oh, how are you doing in there? Are you are you baking? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't know about you guys, but burnt cake to me, right? Just, yeah. But when we hit that when we hit that perfect shot, that was a nice fluffy cake. That was a great cake. Right. And we didn't get in our own way. We didn't take a lot of time. We just got in there and boom. Yeah. But it's yeah, so that, much that's, easier if we keep it simple.
1: Yeah, Cindy, that is so important, you know, that, that's a that's a great metaphor. Um, Suzanne that that you've put together here um, of of really what people need to expect and how they need to to sort of visualize things and Cindy that's just uh, you can't ask for a better better way to do that because that's true right I mean you get in the oven and and uh, you've only got so much time and if you spend more time than what you need to uh, you're going to get burnt and in in the case (laughs) of golf obviously you're, you're you know, you're going to overthink and you're going to, and we've talked about this many, many times, you and I, Cindy on the show about uh, overthinking the process and, and not getting in there and, 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 you know, at the task at hand, right? Absolutely. This was great. Thank you. Know, you. It, yeah, this is, hey. i um Suzanne, I may have to borrow this as well. And I promise I'll, I'll give you credit as well. I think this is a fun and interesting way to, to approach it. And, uh, and I'm, I'll, I'll let you know how it works out. But, um you know i think Suzanne, you know we we would all agree with this that i think especially for some of our high handicappers out there that that one of the things that they do is really overthink the process they get out there in the golf course um you know on the practice tee they're more relaxed they're comfortable you know they can hit shot after shot and um you know even if it's a bad shot it's sort of a laid back, easy up. But then, you know, lo and behold, they once they get up to the first tee, you know, now the the real heat. If you the oven's turned on, if you will, um, and they just they collapse. They don't know how to handle them, themselves. Um, what would be some of your tips to to help alleviate some of that that stress, if you will, um, taking that range that 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 sort of recipe building, if you will, on the on the practice tee to the golf course, what would you, uh, what would you suggest for some, some tips to help, uh, alleviate some of that stress?
3: Absolutely. That's so true. I mean, what I make a point to instill with the clients that I work with is we have to have a routine and the routine needs to be successful. You know, all successful people, whether they're in business or in sports, They have a routine, and the routine has become, or the recipe has become so much a part of them, they can't tell you exactly what they do. I mean, I'm from Indiana, so let's talk basketball here a little bit. You know? Right. uh, Steve Alford, one of the greatest players to ever play for IU, he was a top free-throw shooter. And he always had the same routine. Bounce the ball a couple of times, go down, touch his ankles, shoot. Does he know how many times he bounced the ball? No, because it became a routine. If we get caught up in our routine, that will take the pressure away. That will take away the stress also if you want to hit a perfect shot and you know any player regardless if they're a new golfer or one that is a very low handicapper everyone has their own idea of what a perfect shot should be you know in the air going towards the target you know whatever um we first have to see that shot before we can even expect to duplicate it. So when you begin your routine behind the ball, let's picture a perfect shot because if we don't see perfect, how do we expect to pull it off? You know, and if we're seeing a bad shot, that's exactly what's going to happen. <clears throat> and we better not step into the oven until we see perfect. Now, you don't want to take it 3 days over it, but <laughs> you know, you want to be you want to be committed when it's time to play the shot. And if you can get as vivid a detail Uh, with your detail as possible, your brain doesn't know that you haven't already played it. And that's when it gets scary, scary good, you know, because you make that shot really, really vivid. You see it. You see how high it's flying. You see when it lands, how many bounces it takes, where it ends up. And then you go into your routine, step into the oven, and bake your cake, and, right. you know, you follow it that way, it's scary you know, how many times it will end up that way and more likely to repeat.
1: You know, uh, well said, uh, Suzanne. You know, City that's a great point. Um, I, I think one of the things, and – I'm sure you probably both have, have witnessed this as well. I think one thing that I've noticed about a lot of amateurs is the inconsistency of their pre-shot routine. Uh, if you look at the pros on television um, with very few exceptions, they have a, a pre-shot routine for every shot that they get um, and, and stand over the ball. And they, they go through that routine. It's the same, you know, essentially the same number of steps, same time frame. Um, occasionally it might get rushed if they get off their, off their game a little bit, but normally it's essentially the same thing. If you look at great players like Phil Mickelson and, uh, and, uh, Tiger and, and some of the, the, the great, uh, uh you know, Lydia koa we talked about earlier, they all have their pre-shot routine. I think the difference Cindy that, that you probably see and, and Suzanne and, and myself is that amateurs are inconsistent with their pre-shot routine. They try to start off that way, but then the first sign of trouble, they get out of sync. Um, would you agree with that, Cindy and Suzanne?
0: Yeah, and then they just don't trust, and then it's
3: totally multiple, totally
0: downward spiral.
3: Yeah, and then they're and, starting to the grasp for other things like, oh, that didn't work. I'll try this. That didn't work. you know. Or Fred's telling them to do something, or Francine saying, "No, you got to do this," you know. Totally agree with that.
1: Yeah. And that's when, you know, your, as you say, your friends are throwing in other uh, ingredients into the recipe and that's a a recipe for disaster. Um, Suzanne, we want to, unfortunately we're out of time, but we want to thank you for joining us this morning on, on the women of golf and uh, uh, we hope hope you're, you're feeling better. And and when you do, uh, we'd love to have you come back.
3: Well, thank you so much for having me today. I really enjoyed it. And, and I appreciate the opportunity and, and uh, hopefully um, we'll have some really good bakers out there. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. All right. You guys have a good day. All right. Thank you. Su- All right. You too. Yeah, you
1: too. Thank you, Suzanne. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was our very special guest, uh, Suzanne Knoblet, uh great uh, LPGA teaching and club professional uh, up uh, in the – uh, Midwest, and uh, helping uh, some of you folks out there bake some good cakes uh, out on the golf course, and hopefully off the golf course as well. Um Sydney, great 100th episode. Uh, as always, uh, enjoy doing these shows every Tuesday with you, and we have a, a lot of fun and some interesting guests, and we're going to have uh, on uh, next week, uh, I believe, uh, we're going to have some folks from the LPGA uh, coming here uh, from the uh, the corporate office. are going to be uh, coming here on the show there will be three of them and, and uh, we'll announce that next week but uh, in the meantime on behalf of uh, Cindy Miller and myself I'm Ted Rico and we're uh, honored and, and considered a privilege privilege to have you join us each and every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the Women of Golf show and thank you for helping us to celebrate our 100th episode of the show so uh, without further ado thank you again for joining us And we will see you next week right here on the Women of Golf. Thank you, Cindy, and have a great week.
0: You too. Bye-bye.